0: Hey everybody, it's Sam with West Virginia Overtime. And yeah, I know you guys haven't heard from me in a while and are probably shocked that this showed up on your podcatcher or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and you just happened to see it and said, what in the world? What's she doing? Well, I have been searching for what I want to do with this podcast right now nothing is in season and it looks like right now nothing is going to be in season until January 11th and I wanted to do something where I could get better as a basketball coach or as just a coach in general. And the gentleman who always has helped me learn basketball in the past always told me you can get better if you learn from other coaches and that you don't always have to be right there with them. You don't always have to talk to them on the phone. You don't always have to email them. Sometimes you can learn from other coaches just by watching their teams and watching what they do and how they do it. So that's kind of what this podcast is about. I'm going to try to keep it as short as I can, but cover the points that I want. If I start going too long, because you guys know that sometimes I go off on tangents, then we may have to make a part two of this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that one of the guys that I follow not only on Twitter, but especially on YouTube, is Jordan Sperber. S P E R B E R. Or you can look for him as Hoop Vision 68. Now, this is going to be mostly for parents who are coaches or middle school or high school coaches. But you know what? If you're a player that's listening to this, I'm going to try to break it down so that even you can understand it. I just don't know if you'll find it interesting. You'll have to write me and tell me. You guys can find me at West Virginia Overtime on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and you can write me at West, it's WV, Overtime at gmail.com. And I will help you in any way possible. But the game that I actually started watching because I like Tony Bennett was the San Francisco Virginia game from last week. Now, I haven't looked. You may be able to find that game on YouTube or Daily Motion. A lot of times people upload that on there. You can find bits and pieces of it on Jordan Sperber's Hoops Vision 68 um YouTube. And I know as of this weekend you could find certain highlights on ESPN.com. So the reason why I like watching Tony Bennett's Virginia teams is because I'm a big believer in pipeline defense. I wasn't sure that I was going to like it. I wasn't sure that it was something that I could teach middle school girls. Last year, I was an assistant coach for a middle school girls team and that is what we chose to run. I had, uh, no experience with it. And so I scoured the internet. I called people. I, uh, read as many Kindle books as I could. I wrote college coaches that I knew ran it and said, Hey, can you send me stuff on it? And luckily, I found that people are always willing to help. And so when I turned on the San Francisco-Virginia game, that's I sat down with a notebook, and that's what I wanted to concentrate on, was the pipeline defense. However, when they started talking about the game, going over, you know, pros and cons of both teams and what was going to happen in the game and all of that, they just happened to mention that Virginia had changed their offense. Last year they had been running blocker mover. Actually, they've been running blocker mover for the last couple years, and I'm not a big proponent of it because um in middle school and most – school teams you don't really have a good enough shooting team where you can run it successfully so um, the thing that I learned the most from San Francisco upsetting Virginia if you didn't know 61 to 60 is you can't jump to conclusions Based on a single game result, I'm going to be talking about some of the things that mostly Virginia did, but also some of the things that San Francisco did. And just because you see them in this game, or you see this team be able to take something away, doesn't mean that the next team's going to be able to, because they may not have the same personnel. Or, the team that lost may have fixed the problem. And one of the things that I noticed it, before the game even started is they talked about how UMass at Lowell had upset San Francisco earlier. And Virginia had cruised to a victory against Towson. But then, just two days later, it was San Francisco pulling out the upset. And even though they only beat Virginia by one point, everybody was calling it the upset upset of the week last week. So, let's start talking a little bit about the game. For a large portion of the game, Virginia's, Pike line defense, it performed exactly like you've been seeing it for the last, you know, couple years. San Francisco uh, struggled to really generate open looks at the basket for most of the first half because Virginia was getting out, chopping their feet, doing high hands, and staying in position when drives. And when San Francisco went to drive the ball, Virginia was showing up in the gap early and making their presence known. I know that there were no fans there, but one of the things that I definitely noticed was that even on TV, I could hear Virginia talking to each other, saying you've, I'm in GAP, or you've got help, and that was something big for me because I always stress that to my teams, hey, we've got to talk. Now, they talked on TV, and I'm definitely not going to go into it now, but San Francisco ended up uh, the last I don't know, six minutes of the game, having success w- with what they called their point series. And it's basically where San Francisco spread out and they used their quick guards to kind of create and they moved a lot. So... um the thing is, I kind of quit paying attention to their defense. And I realized you can learn from anyone. I want to say that again. You can learn from anyone. You would think that Virginia being a Division One school, Tony Bennett, whose dad is a Hall of Famer, who has won a national championship himself, would think, you know, I have to learn from NBA guys, or I have to learn from Hall of Famers, or I have to learn from Division I guys. And he did not take that point of view. When he evaluated his team last year, Virginia was really poor offensively. Now, they hadn't been in the past, but they were last season, and he realized that that was going to be an issue. He had the addition of Sam Hauser coming into his team, and so he had a lot of optimism for the 2021 season. However, he wasn't 100% sure. What he did was he contacted St. Joseph College. It's a Division Three school in Maine. Because he had heard about their system... He had watched them on film, and it's my understanding that Noah uh, Larkey, I believe is how you say his name, LaRoche, sorry, I actually wrote down how to to say it, LaRoche. Um, He had seen him on a webinar actually this summer also, so Tony Bennett contacted him and wanted his help. So he experimented heavily with this offensive scheme through his first two games. And what happened was he really likes it. Noah LaRoche, uh, like I said, S- St. Joseph's College, Division Three, Maine. During the 18, 2018 2019 season. St. Joseph uh, revamped their offense. And w- how they did that is they actually met Lola, or Noah LaRoach. He was an outside player development guy, he wasn't even on their staff. He came in and he taught them the five-out, free-flowing read-and-react system. That's what he calls it. The season before they implemented it, St. Joseph averaged 73 points a game. After they implemented the five-out, free-flowing read-and-react system, they averaged 93 points a game. Um, so there are a lot of breakdowns on this. Um, there's some X's and O's, uh, of this offense on YouTube. They're not very long. They're not very detailed. Um, Tony Bennett said that he talked to Kevin Thomas, who actually wrote an article on the St. Joe's uh, offensive transformation for the Press Herald, uh, they have put that article now behind their paywall, so you're you're actually going to have to pay to get that article. But it's a pretty good article. Uh, and then Tony Bennett asked Noah LaRoche actually to come down to Virginia and work with his staff to implement this system. Now, the offense itself has very similar principles to the popular read and react system that all of you guys have heard about. The one that has players passing, cutting, and then filling. And what they're doing is just to maintain the spacing around the court. On both passes and drives, the players off the ball have to be constantly moving and making the defense adjust. What I plan to do sometime in the future, I'm not going to promise you it's going to be in a couple days or a week, because I want to make sure that I actually know it before I explain it to you guys. I am not a master of the read and react um, I've seen a lot of people uh, actually run it and I've talked to some coaches that have run it but I want to make sure I understand it before I even attempt to do a podcast on it but I know a little bit of the basics of it as far as also Tony Bennett system the free-flowing one five out the good part of running, read, and react is the ball movement and the cutting. Virginia found that through two games, um, they have relied heavily on the mid-post to initiate their offense. As they're bringing the ball up, a lot of times you see them initiate by throwing it into the mid-post. These post-ups start far from the basket and they end up functioning more as isolations that they can use to cut and to move around the ball. So if you're throwing it into the mid post on the right side, the right side is usually making some kind of move towards the basket, whereas the left side they're doing a cut or um they're replacing if you've got a wing cutting to the basket then your corner man is replacing up to the wing the cut underneath the basket from the corner is the staple of this offense In the system that the cut and fill action occurs on nearly every pass or drive, you have to cut and fill. If you've got a team of non-movers, this is not the offense for you. Unless you can get them to cut and fill. Because the power of the off-ball motion creates the domino effect that always puts the defense a step behind because they don't know where you're going. When you watch the Virginia-San Francisco game, a lot of Virginia's off-ball motion felt purposeless. It felt like it wasn't... Um, Choreographed. They weren't running set plays. Their off-the-ball motion was based on what they were seeing the defense do, what had worked before, and what they wanted to try. However, the bad... Um, on his um, radio show that um, has a podcast, and you can pick it up sometimes on the University of Virginia's, um, they have like a link to the radio station, and I'm sorry I didn't look it up, I'm not 100% sure when Tony Bennett is on but one of the clips that I heard him say is it's way too early to have a strong opinion either way on our new offense. He said, you know, we had some issues against San Francisco. And that was the clip I heard. When I went to Jordan Sperber, some of the things that he pointed out was they had inefficient shots in the mid-post. What Virginia wants to do is to cut and then play off of each other when the ball's in the mid-post. So what they've done is they've put their best passer, which is Clark, in that spot The problem in the San Francisco game is their cutting stalled out. They would cut once, feel, and then it was almost like they would either forget to cut again or they didn't see a cut they could make. They were standing around wanting something to happen. The number two thing that Jordan Sperber saw was a waste of their best players' unique skill set. I believe his name is Kevin Hall or Kevin Huff. Um I can't read my writing real well. He actually is one of the best ball screen rollers. In the entire country. If you watched Virginia play last year, you know exactly who I'm talking about. However, the read and react system, it's positionless. All five players are usually being treated relatively equally. So, if you have one player... Like this Kevin kid, who comes off of ball screens very well. He pops well, he curls well, he straight cuts well. It's hard on him. Because in a positionless offense, everyone's thinking they have equal chances. They're not just looking for him and his strengths. And so you saw that against San Francisco, especially down the stretch. Um, you were... Anybody that watched Virginia last year, you were wanting them to get the ball to this Kevin Gate. Uh, the announcers of the game were even saying they didn't understand why they were not putting the ball in his hands so that he could make some shots. Well, that's not part of their offense. Their offense, like I said, it's an equal opportunity offense, and so you had some guys making decisions that probably they normally wouldn't make. And the third and last point that I want to make that Jordan Sperber said In this game cost them, and it's cost them in the first two games, but it's a little too early to make any judgment, is free throws and offensive rebounds. Tony Bennett teams, their offense is usually below average in offensive rebounding percentage and free throw rate. Well, with the read and react style, they've been even more underwhelming in both those categories through those two games. So that's something that I definitely have made a note that I want to keep an eye on as I continue to watch Virginia. Because like I said, Virginia is one of the teams that I usually watch. I'll just be real honest with you if you continue to, uh, listen to this podcast. Um, I like, uh, Duke. I like Florida because I'm a big Florida Gators fan that was left over from, uh, Billy Donovan. I was a big Billy Donovan fan. Um, I like Marquette. Um, I, I, I don't know whether I'm going to like him or not. Because I haven't seen them play, but Brett Nelson uh, from St. Albans has taken over Holy Cross, and I want to catch Holy Cross play. Um, there's obviously I watch Kentucky because they're shown a lot. Um, I want to watch UCLA and see what they're running this year and how they're going to handle different aspects. Of how they're gonna play, I like Shaka Smart at Texas. uh he has come up with some new um tweaks to some old systems. I like watching him um I'm trying to think who else, but those are just some of the teams hey, when they're on i watch if there's any teams that you want me to watch, any teams that you want me to talk about, or anything like that, then I definitely don't care to. Um, Because I now I don't know if all of you realize, I also write for Sports Obsessive. That's one word, sportsobsessive.com, and I'm writing different sports articles for them um Yes, I write a lot of professional uh, wrestling articles. I have a professional wrestling podcast and one of the reasons why I do that podcast is it's easier for me to transcribe it and just turn it into an article. Um, however, I cover the NFL college football and college basketball for them also um, they have other writers but I that that's one of the things that I cover like I said you can reach me at wvovertime at com, or you can tweet me hit me up on facebook or instagram on wvovertime I'm on all of them I look forward hopefully to be doing these podcasts I'd like to do them once a week uh with my schedule and with the holidays coming up I'm not 100 percent sure that I'll get them done once a week but after January hopefully I will and I am hoping after January 11th to also midweek be doing a high school basketball uh, podcast I'm not 100% how it's going to look I don't know whether I am going to talk about different teams or different players or anything like that it's not going to be a critique like i just did on virginia's system or anything like that so i don't want any of you to worry about that but um i look forward to hearing and talking to you guys soon and i will talk to you at the next podcast have a good day